1: So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, how about to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, how about to get 20, 20, how about to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft.
0: You guys, welcome back to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho, the podcast about creativity for the creative in you. No matter where you are on the journey, starting out, coming back mid-season. Listen, this could be your hobby or your life. This is the podcast for you. As always, you guys, I have to start with a Patreon shout out. Thank you to my Patreon patrons who have over the months supported this podcast and helped to keep the lights on, helped to keep the conversation going. I see you. And as part of the Patreon tier shake up. I'm now doing shout outs from the Patreon patrons. Uh, Listen, first of all, I just want to say, I'm not sure if I pronounced um, Ciara's name right. So just in case, Kiara, is it Kiara or Ciara? Anyway, Kiara Jones, just in case Ciara wasn't right, which is what I said last episode. But also, Paulie and I do, and Amber Patton, thank you. Thank you so much for supporting. I don't know what that... I don't know why I'm doing that noise, but thank you for supporting the podcast. And the thing is, you guys don't have to. And so it's a doubly um, appreciated act of generosity that you do. I, and just as a, am just going to mention it, I'm just going to throw it out there that um, I'm still offering mentoring. So if that's something that is interesting of interest, should I say to you, then that's um, a tier two perk. If there are other perks... Other perks are available. If there are other perks that you're interested in, also let me know. Head over to the Facebook group Creative Source Network. Uh, you can message me there, or you can hit me up on the Gram. If you're a Patreon patron and you like, I would like to level up, but what's on the next level? Um, I I don't. Uh, is not for me. Or there isn't a next level, but this is what would make me level up. Gee, you know what? Let me know. Okay, so. Listen, last week we talked about the benefits and the pitfalls of fame. And I really got into it with the pitfalls, didn't I? I mean, but there's a lot. I mean, because I saw this um, uh, study that said that fame was the biggest ambition of 10 to 12 year olds. It was a study that was done in 2012. And it said that fame was the biggest ambition for 10 to 12 year olds. So... For some reason in our psyche, it's held as something really desirable. But when you really look at the pitfalls of it, it isn't what it appears at all. So we talked at length in that last episode about the benefits and pitfalls of fame. But this week, we're going to talk about navigating fame. So if it's happened, how do you navigate your fame? How do you uh, navigate somebody else's fame, like a colleague or uh, the fame of someone that you've met? But first, I just want to say if you would like to be creative source famous, what? (laughs) And get a a, a Patreon shout out, basically, all you need to do is head over to Patreon, link in the show notes, and you can sign up to the opening tier, which is like £5.43. I don't know why I did the, I do know why I did the 43. Anyways, I'm not going to get into it. All I'm going to say is you will get that and access to exclusive content if you sign up to the opening tier. On the second tier, you'll get that, but also a signed photo and access to mentoring, three mentoring sessions with me. So either way, either tier, you can become creative source famous. Whoa. right. So let's talk about navigating fame. Now, in when we're talking about the benefits, we talked about, oh yeah, cool, lots more work offers. But I also touched on, um, I think in the second episode also, talked about how sometimes you can um, be offered um, work that is not actually going to progress your career and actually could hinder it. Sounds very vague and abstract, so let me get specific. If you're an actor and you become famous, you might get offered to do something like a a celebrity talent show or to present something or whatever. These things ultimately will be detrimental to your acting career because casting directors will look at you and go, oh, are you a presenter? Mm, I don't think that would really work to... Uh, have you play this role they wouldn't say those words to you but that would be a thought that they would start to have and the more like celebrity type stuff you start to appear in um you know a celebrity bake off or a celebrity i don't know scrap heap challenge or a you know do you know what i mean the less likely that will work to uh support your acting career it will change people's perception of you and unfortunately it will devalue it. And that's not a judgment on those things. They are what they are, but this is how the industry currently is. And I think it's a shame because it actually makes it really tough for some people because acting where it doesn't necessarily always come in, or if it does, it only pays you a certain amount. But yeah, it's almost like um, the, the industry expects you to somehow sustain yourself without going to these well-paid but celebrity-based jobs. Now that's specific to the acting world. There may be a version of that in your space as well. If you become famous in your field, you will notice that there's a lot of well-known actors won't appear in certain things. Like Stephen Graham is never going to do Strictly. Not only because maybe he doesn't want to do it, but also it would brand him in a particular way. So one has to be careful not to Once you get some fame, you have to pick and choose jobs and work offers that will add value to who you are and what you're offering rather than take away. That's ultimately what I'm getting at. And it's also in your interest to manage your expectations around fame and what that can give you, because even though I mentioned the benefits and it's not an exhaustive list, None of these things may happen. You may not get any of those benefits. You may not get great work offers. You may not get endorsements. You may not get to work with people that you really want to work with. And so one of the important things is to manage your expectations. And also that working at a particular level, you might encounter a lot more assholes because at the fledgling stage, people generally are quite nice. But as you can move up the food chain, as it were, more egos get involved it becomes a lot harder to navigate interactions because you having to now account for these egos of people who are also famous or whatever and it can be quite unpleasant I'll just say this about my experience of Events where there's a lot of celebrities, I find them quite intimidating and not necessarily hugely enjoyable unless there's a lot of people there that I know. I don't particularly enjoy them. And what I've noticed is that there's a lot of nervous, insecure energy. Who's here? Who's looking at me? Do I look good? Am I going to get photographed? All that sort of energy is there. And so it makes the event not necessarily always pleasant, especially if. Um, the reason that you're there isn't to do with a project that you're involved in. You know, if you're just there as a guest, then you're set dressing, <laughs> essentially. And and a lot of the whole celebrity world is smoke and mirrors. Like it's almost like you have to show up at these things, you have to look a certain way, you have to do your interviews or say certain things. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm just excited for all the all the nominees and you know, whatever. And then you just want to go home and take your heels off or take your makeup off or take your wig off or take that uncomfortable suit off. So a lot of the whole thing is smoke and mirrors. It's just a big game and it's not real. But when you're looking from the outside in, it does look real. Another important part of navigating fame is being humble. It's so easy to think it means something about you. And certainly I think that probably if you're going to get fame, then you may go through a sort of a douchebag phase, (laughs) like early doors. Do you know what I mean? Where you actually think you're the big I am because something's happened and you uh, and you just have to work through that stage. I remember on a very small scale, I, um, I was doing a oh, yeah, I was starting to get first TV work as a stand up. And I was so vain. I remember like doing this interview and it was a talking head show and I kept sort of stopping uh, in between takes. I kept like adjusting my makeup and I was being a bit shitty actually, if I recall. Maybe the the people wouldn't say I was, but I felt like I was in hindsight looking back. I feel like, yeah, I I didn't like how I represented myself. But it's a stage you have to go through, I think. Not everyone will, because maybe some people are more secure in themselves. But I think certainly the insecure person in you Wants to feed on that. Oh, now I mean something now I'm important or something. So it can be very easy to indulge. I'm just being honest, guys, is it can be very easy to indulge an aspect of you again as you move through the stages and you have knockback after knockback and rejection and life happens to you. Uh, you realize the smoke and mirrorsness of it all, but you also realize that humility is going to serve you very well because you're not owed this. You don't deserve it necessarily. It's just a gift that happens to have come into your space. And so um, you you tend to get humble, not in a Trump kind of way, like I'm the most humble person <laughs> you'll ever meet. <laughs> it's like literally like the opposite of being humble. And on that note, also, um, you can start to think, Ooh, I'm famous. Like people care about what I think will be careful what you put into the world in terms of what you say on socials and interviews. You know, I, when I was doing stand up, I put a lot of like funny tweets, comedy tweets or whatever out there. And a lot of them do not age well or have not aged well. So I just deleted it all. Start again, because now I can put out into the world where I am now without people going, dragging through my um, historical tweets for something inappropriate kind of thing. Most likely they would have found it. And so I just deleted it all and started again. It's very easy to just sh- run your mouth in, in interviews and just think you're, you know, because you're famous now. You can say these things and people care about what I think. So you say them, not realizing that, that thing, that stuff is on the Internet forever and people will... Go back to it and say, especially if you name people, they will go back to it and go, oh, you said this about blah, 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 which leads me to my next point. Be discreet. If you're going to talk about something, somebody or a project, I, my recommendation would be to not name names if you're not going to be complimentary. Don't say, oh, I saw this show. It was called da, 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 and it was crap. And so and so was crap in it. It's just not you know what I mean? Like that's trolling, basically, on a big scale. <laughs> that's because that's trolling that's gonna end up in a magazine or in a newspaper or uh on a social channel. So just be discreet. Your fame is a is a gift, and uh the I really encourage you if it happens in your space to use it wisely, and you'll notice. I would say, as people get more famous, they become, I would say, more quiet. You don't hear um, about them so much. Like, I always imagine Brad Pitt as my example. I don't know why, but I just think when I want to be a bit braggy or something, oh, this happened or whatever, I think, what would Brad Pitt do? Because I feel like he's like the most famous person in terms of as a creative Well, certainly in my field anyways, he just wouldn't, he wouldn't be braggy. (laughs) He probably wouldn't mention it. He'd be very humble, I feel, and very sweet about it. And just very, um, like, I remember going to a a Q&A with Hugh Grant and he was like so humble. And I don't know whether it was an act and whether that's his way of coping with getting a lot of praise. But it was a real eye opener because he was just delightful, actually. And I feel like when you get to a certain level, It would be tacky to be braggy. And so those folks get very quiet about their achievements and actually they turn their attention onto other things, more altruistic things, more often than not. But listen, why don't we have a bit of bite-sized advice and see uh, what Philip East has to say on the subject of
1: fame? I think it's really interesting how, as we maybe get some success with our creative endeavours, we become something of a public figure Um, And that might be something that we're not used to at all and something that we might not be very equipped to deal with. Um, But it can be really helpful to maybe sit down and give yourself a little bit of time to think about where you want to place your boundaries when it comes to engaging with fans or members of your audience who very often are going to be people that you actually don't know at all and who only know you through the work that you're putting out in public And I think it's okay to keep those boundaries quite tight so that you're protecting and preserving your private and personal life and world. And I think that actually just doing really kind of common courtesy things and being generally friendly on things like social media by saying thank you for a nice message or taking the time to like a post that someone has put up that is speaking positively about you or your work um and being encouraging of um other people without needing to go so far necessarily as to offer a lot of time or a lot of your energy into into helping people that you maybe don't even really know um and yeah I think just generally being friendly and polite um will mean that you can hold really um quite firm boundaries but without ever coming across as unapproachable or standoffish.
0: that was Philippa East author of Safe and Sound and Little White Lies talking about basically fan interaction right i mean we we touched on that before but um what she said was really good advice and it's important to have your boundaries in place because we were talking about um some of the pitfalls in the last episode of Some of the lengths, I guess, that people go to to have an interaction with somebody that famous that they really, really like. And so Philippa is saying that, yeah, a lot of times you're going to encounter people who you just you don't actually know, but that want to have some kind of experience with you and that it's important to have boundaries in place around that so that you both can come away having had a good experience. Um, A friend of mine was talking recently, well, a little while ago, but he was actually saying, oh, you know, he kind of misses the days of autographs because now... He was kind of joking, but the fact that you, have, you need to have physical contact with, with fans when you meet them because they want to take photos. And that requires, you know, an arm around the shoulder or the waist or whatever, rather than just like, you know, signing an autograph book. And so, um, you know, when fame strikes, if it strikes in your in your neck of the woods, know your boundaries of like how you want those interactions to go. Ideally, you want to leave the situation both feeling good about what happened. Because there's no point in having an interaction with a fan that leaves you flustered, but them happy or them feeling hard done by, um, but you got what you want. Because we're talking about human interactions here. It's not really fan interaction, uh, celebrity interaction. It's human interaction. And so how can you leave, leave that interaction when both of you are whole? There are some people who don't do photos. Hugh Laurie doesn't do photos. He said, I'm sorry, I don't do that. But he's not rude with it. He just tells them that's, that's how it is. Now, the person who asks might be pissed off, but in a way, because he's not being rude, because he's just saying what's so for him, the interaction's kind of whole and complete. I'm sorry, I don't do that. That's it. I don't do that. And so now he's free to go. Now, if the person wants to kick off about it, then they're making it ugly. Because he's already said what's so for him. But you have to find your own way of navigating it. You guys, if you would like to support this podcast with a one-off contribution by ACAST, then head down to the show notes, click on the link, and this will take you through to the ACAST support page. Doesn't matter how big or small the contribution, this is all going towards keeping the lights on, keeping the conversation going, allowing this uh, podcast to be cost neutral and make it available to lots more creatives. If you would like to share this podcast on your socials and let people know how much you're enjoying it, that too would be greatly appreciated. And by the way, everyone that is leaving Apple um, podcast comments, And reviews, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It means the world. All right, let's talk about working with famous people. Whoa, that's weird. Um, Because sometimes you will end up working with someone who is famous. Um, They may be uh, globally famous or they may just be famous in your field, but it makes you feel a certain way. Now, for me, I always feel a bit like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it's such a hard thing to navigate because... You uh, you know for me I' go into my head like i want to treat them like a peer but i i but i'm but it's so and so from the thing that i really love i mean on curfew we had michael um bean who uh oh dear. He was uh, Hudson, no, Hicks. (laughs) I can't remember which one now. That, That was the joke in the film as well. But in Aliens and Terminator, he was Kyle Reese in Terminator. And he worked on Curfew and I met him and I had zero chill. I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy you're here. This is really important for me that you're here. And he just looked at me like, Dude, what's the matter with you? <laughs> and I was just like so embarrassed, and I had to like purge the embarrassment by telling somebody. It's like, oh my god, I just had a, I carried the watermelons conversation with Michael Bean, and they're like, don't worry about it. But um, it can be tricky to figure out how to be around a famous person that you are gonna be working with or meeting. But a few things that I would say is to remember that they're a peer, so. You can let go of any imposter syndrome type of thing. You're both there to do the thing that you've been hired to do. And your your experience and quality of work is both valid. And often, especially with acting, famous actors may have a lot of tricks in their toolbox, but they're beginning again as well. And they have a lot of fears about, oh, can I deliver? Do you remember I was talking about, you know, expectation or well, expectation of the quality of your work can be a fear that a very famous person has and that they could go into some. Oh, gosh, what if people think, oh, she's a fraud or they're a fraud they're not as good as the media tells me, or the award ceremonies tell me that you know so you're both there validly is that is that a word you're both there because you're you're professionals and you're good so so treat them as a peer, respect them as peer. I would also say be professional, like manage your inner fan girl and fat or fan boy don't don't be me <laughs> don't be me with michael bean it's a real fine line to tread in terms of enjoying somebody's work. As opposed to tipping into some sort of fan, fan girl, fan boy sort of relationship with them, because that's not what they're there for. You know, listen for if it's appropriate, if you really want to take a photo, my my thing would be not to take a photo unless it really, really works, because when you start to get into a sort of a fan, fan girl, fan boy mode. This space that you're in with them is a professional space and it's a safe space away from all of that. And they may not want to have that type of interaction when they're in that safe space where you're at, too. So be really mindful of like, is this an appropriate time to take a photo? Sometimes I feel like um, if you wait a bit, like get to know them, do a couple of days work with them and just go, listen, it would really make my day after, you know, once you finish, could, could we grab a photo? Then that's kind of nice. But if like the first thing you do is like a photo with them, they're just like, who's this joker? <laughs> Who am I working with? What a situation is this? Because doing all that changes your status in their eyes. And it's fine if, that, if you don't mind that. But it may affect whether they would want to work with you again. You know, it may affect whether the producers would want to work with you again. I mean, I can feel I'm talking specifically around acting, but... In your domain, there may be an equivalent of that where people are just going to be like, "Mm, yeah, I would like to work with that person, but they've got zero chills. So let's let's get somebody who's a bit more sort of appropriate when they're working with us. But also, um, you know, I was talking about this this fangirl sort of uh, fanboy thing that we can do, Um, I think it is also a really important If it's important to you to acknowledge that person and to feel like you can show your appreciation for the work that they've done, but it's got to be in an appropriate way. I want to read to you a post in that vein that um, Wumi Masaku posted following the death of Michael K. Williams. Now, Wumi is an amazing actress, British actress, British Nigerian actress who was on uh, Lovecraft Country, which I don't know if you saw it's an HBO show that was available on Sky and Now TV. I'm not promoting it, but I'm just letting you know where you can see her amazing work. And of Michael's death, this is what she wrote. When I met Michael, I was starstruck and I tried to play it cool. He greeted me so warmly and gushed about how much he loved the scripts, how he loved Ruby, that was the character she played, on the page, how excited he was to see all the characters come to life, pure enthusiasm and appreciation for it all. He was so open. Then the one and only Miss Anjanou Ellis, another person whose work I greatly admire, walked in. Now in the presence of two alchemists, I tried to maintain my cool, which ultimately means I got real quiet. Without hesitation, Michael gave Miss Ingenue all her flowers with respect, grace, gratitude and love. So giving flowers means giving someone their respect, giving them their due, acknowledging them. I'll never forget it. Therein was my lesson in humility. Why was I trying to play it cool? Why didn't I instead tell them how much I admire them like he had told her? Watching and learning from them and others was the whole reason I was blessed to be in that room that day. Michael's honesty and openness was such a lesson to me. Always give people their flowers. Be open and honest. And I asked for me if it was OK to read that um, and hopefully in the future she'll be on to give um, bite-sized advice herself. But um, as she's uh, you know kind of busy at the moment, she said it would be OK to to just share that with you. And I share it in the spirit of like... I've also tried to play it cool with folks and pretend, oh, you're just so and so, no big deal. And actually, that doesn't work as much as being a gushy, sort of over enthusiastic, sort of stan <laughs> around them also doesn't work. But there's a way to do it with grace, respect, love, gratitude that acknowledges them, but maintains your status as their peer rather than a subordinate. Ooh. Hi, I'm Kelechi Okafor and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. Let's have our last listener comment on fame. So this is from Kat Hallam. She says, how have you handled fame? What do you love most about being famous? Do you wish you could have done anything differently? Cat bless you. Again, like Erin, I think it's very sweet that you see me as uh, as someone who's had to handle fame. I don't think I've had to handle it as such. But for me personally, I think one of the things that I really am glad that I did was walking back from stand up, like stopping doing that, because I could see that that was leading to a type of fame or notoriety that I didn't want. I didn't want to become famous for that thing when I knew that I wasn't enjoying it. So now I'm almost like building from the ground up um, a career and therefore, I suppose, recognition for doing only what I love, only what makes me happy. I mean, there are some things, you know, there's some money stuff that happens that, you know, we've all got to do. But for the most part, I'm really satisfied with what I'm going to get known for now. Whereas before I did feel a little bit like I'm backing myself into a something that I just don't want to be in. So that's the only thing I would say, Kat. Actually, it's not about not doing something different. I'm I'm kind of pleased for myself that I chose to do things in a certain way, because even though it can look enticing, you know, fame at any cost, actually the cost for me of going down a road that I didn't want to be on was too high. So I'm really glad I I stepped back from that. So guys, uh, one last call out to become creative source famous. Get a shout out by joining the opening tier on Patreon and you will get a shout out uh, just as some of the other um, wonderful and and generous Patreon patrons have um, throughout these shows and future shows to come. All right, you guys, that is the end of this week's episode on fame, talking about navigating uh, your fame or somebody else's. Next week, um, in and in a, it's probably going to work out to be a slightly shorter episode, we will talk about um, why people want to be famous and how we can use our fame for good and for evil. So as always, thank you to you guys for listening in, to Philippa East for the bite-sized advice, to Kat Hallam for the listener's comment, to Martin Lumsden for the post-production, to Clydesdale Music for the theme tune and Anya Stobart for the marketing. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all my Patreon patrons and until next time, keep living well and creating in gratitude. Uh you
1: The uh-huh And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue need some advice or just want to bounce ideas around whatever it is i'm here just hit the patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with andy osho to find out more